I'm Luke Story. I'm Christine Loria. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Check. I am Dr. Aaron Eugene McMorrow. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I'm Lily Nichols. I'm Mark Groves. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Marin Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Hi, this is Kimberly Ann Johnson. Je m'appelle Rick Safris, et c'est le podcast du Gidecolo Holistique. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. It's me, Nathan Riley, MD, the host of your favorite women's health podcast, the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. We are well into December now. We're approaching the new year. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Michelle O'Donnell. What a legend. That guy is 92 and still kicking. What a guy. This episode is nonetheless uh, <laughs> inspirational and motivational if you you value taking your health into your own hands. I'm interviewing Kate Morton, who owns a company called Funkit Wellness. They're basically the experts out there on seed cycling. This is how you can hack your hormone system. I don't like that word hack, but this really does seem to do quite a number of great benefits for women who have any hormonal imbalances, especially if it's manifesting through abnormalities in the menstrual cycle. So Kate Morton's here. She's an expert in what she preaches. If you're not familiar at all with seed cycling, basically what you're going to be doing is taking pumpkin and flax seeds daily during the follicular phase of your cycle. That's the time from when you start menstruating until when you ovulate. And you're going to be taking sunflower and sesame seeds daily during your luteal phase. And I know what you're thinking. Seeds, I thought seeds were bad and seed oils and all this. Yes, in theory, there could be some important criticism here. However, so many women that I've come to me that have started seed cycling have seen a resolution in a lot of their menstrual issues, including fertility challenges, thyroid issues, adrenal issues, etc. So there's something to this. There's something packed into these incredibly nutrient and energy-rich things, these little seeds, that does quite a number, quite wonder on women's menstrual cycles, their fertility and everything in between, especially around menopause during these incredibly challenging transitions in life. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. As always, of course, we cannot do this show without our lovely sponsors. And Christmas is coming up, guys. Now's the time to start busting in down the doors, trying to find the perfect stocking stuffers, the perfect foods to help you and your family achieve optimal health. So I am very, very proud to talk about three of my favorite brands right now. Fullwell Fertility makes the best prenatal vitamins on the market. If you compare the back of their label to any other label that you find in any grocery store drugs or even the fancy schmancy grocery stores out in California, you're going to see that Fullwell's prenatal vitamins are packed full. And granted, this is not a replacement for a surrogate for a healthy lifestyle. I still think you should be eating organ meats encapsulated fresh otherwise. Still think you should be eating fermented cod liver oil, fatty fish. Still think you should be eating bivalve shellfish like oysters and bone broth, all from very, very responsibly raised marine and hooved animals, so to speak. <laughs> but if you're doing that and you need some additional support, I think it's always a great idea to add some insurance, 
through a high-quality prenatal. There's none better on the market than Full Wells. It's the only one I recommend to my clients. Every one of my clients started on this immediately when they come to me with fertility challenges because it's loaded with everything that you could possibly get from nature's multivitamins that I just listed, including folate instead of folic acid. Folic acid is the synthetic version of folate. It must be converted into folate, which has this long, complicated biochemical process whereby your tissues are then able to utilize it. So especially if you're one of those, I think it's somewhere upwards of 40 to 60% of people have some variant of the MTHFR, um, that's the motherfucker gene mutation, as I call it. It's a polymorphism that disrupts your ability to metabolize folate. If you're taking folic acid, you're not going to have as much bioavailability and you're not going to get benefit from the folic acid that you find in nearly every other prenatal vitamin. So go to fullwellfertility.com, use code BELOVED10, you'll save 10%. And while you're there, pick up the men's virility vitamins, pick up their fish oil, pick up their Nourish Nerves tonic. They've got the whole package there. Perfect gift for the <laughs> either just healthy women that want to stay healthy or women who are on their fertility journey or in their partners as well um, around the holiday seasons. The next sponsor we have is BirthFit. BirthFit provides... Pregnancy and postpartum-specific coaching, they provide strength and conditioning with a careful attention to the nervous system. They teach you and train you how to mitigate abnormal breathing patterns on the pelvic floor in order to mitigate any risks to incontinence, pelvic floor dysfunction after pregnancy. And they provide an entire community called their B community where you can meet women. This community was built by women for women like you. While you're there, you're going to be able to get your questions answered. You're going to have fine community. Other people have the same questions you have. If it's a question, it's not a dumb question. There's plenty of resources out there. BirthFit provides the best. And as a part of their community, you're going to receive webinars from renowned experts in the field, etc. Lindsay Kentu Matthews is becoming a friend of mine. And what she's put together at BirthFit is incredible. If you want to try out their B community, this online platform, Go to birthfit.com, use code BELOVED, you'll get your first month free access at the B community. And then next, we've got Bioptimizers. Bioptimizers has been a long-running sponsor. I just can't get enough of their products. They just recently released their Sleep Breakthrough product, which includes a variety of amino acids and GABA and magnesium in order to help you get your most restful sleep without feeling uh, groggy in the morning. The bottle reads four scoops about a half hour before bedtime in roughly eight ounces of water. I like using two scoops. It actually helps me wake up feeling a little bit more refreshed. But the beauty of this product is it's a little scooper. You use as much as you need in order to help ease into sleep, stay asleep, wake up feeling refreshed so you can charge it the next morning. This is especially helpful if you've got young kids at home and you struggle with falling asleep or, and you're simultaneously building businesses and running a practice. And, you know, it sounds like I'm speaking from personal experience because I am. <laughs> Their sleep aid is amazing. So if you want to try this out, go to bioptimizers.com slash holistic OBGYN and you'll save 10% on your purchase of their new sleep breakthrough while you're there. If you do occasionally have that cheat meal or whatever, pick up some blood sugar breakthrough and some mass signs to help you digest your food maximize nutrient absorption, and decrease that plateau, that spike, and shorten the plateau of your blood sugars thereafter. All right, without further ado, here is my conversation with Kate Morton of Funkit Wellness. We're talking all about seed cycling. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Kate Leventry Morton, also known as Kate Leventry, also known as Kate Morton. Welcome so to the show. So many different <laughs> aliases. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, why don't you tell everybody what your platform is, what you do, and actually, no, before we do that, 
if anybody out there is looking at the video, you have the most adorable Zoom background, and we look like in your cozy sort of Sims home. <laughs> tell me, tell us I about that. This is what I wish my home looked like. It does not. And, you know, so we are still a startup, and so our office is in our warehouse, and so it's all really white, really boring, basic walls, because, you know, that's what's cleanest for the product. We can keep it really clean. So we created these. My co-founder is a graphic designer, and she created these beautiful backgrounds <laughs> so that when we would meet with people... And we started doing them like in early 2020, like when everyone was on Zoom. And so it felt like you were in our like dream homes, (laughs) but you know, we don't actually have those dream homes yet. So we just made them ourselves. I love it. I think that's amazing. Well, if anybody out there is listening, go and check out the YouTube just so you can see Kate Morton's background here. It's pretty great. Right behind your head, there's a couple signs on the wall. Funk it. Instead of, I'm guessing, fuck it. Tell me about your company. Let's start there. Tell everybody what you do. The name is a really fun place to start. So we're a menstrual health company or a women's health company, and we make all natural food-based products for the menstrual cycle. What we started out doing was seed cycling. So we are going to get into that later in the episode of what that is, but you know, I'm a dietitian and I really believe in food first. And as you'll hear today, like I struggled so much with my hormones and, you know, and then I got a master's degree in human nutrition and biochemistry and all these things. And I was never actually taught about my body. And so it was really awakening when I got off birth control and started going through, I thought, you know, birth control would cure quote unquote, my heavy periods, my acne, all of these things. And when I got off of it, the opposite was true. All those symptoms came flooding back because I had never addressed the root cause of them. And I wasn't actually eating for my menstrual cycle. I was eating Mm. for a man's cycle. Yeah. So that's how Funkit was born. And the name is really funny because I was still struggling with cramps when I was like coming up with this idea. And I was like, I just gotten off the call with like, I was trying to call all these people who knew about business because I didn't know anything about business. And, you know, I'm not scared to pick up the phone and be like, Hey, can you talk to me for 10 minutes about this? And so I was doing that. And it was all of these older guys. And they kept telling me that this market was too niche, that nobody cared and that I was wasting my time and I shouldn't, you know, quit my good job. And I shouldn't use my savings to help people with period pain because nobody cared. And too so niche, like, too niche. Oh my goodness gracious. Fifty percent of the world's clientele is, is not niche, niche, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck this. This is so stupid. Like, why will no one listen to me? And I was like 25 at the time. And I was like, no one will listen to me. Everyone keeps calling me like little girl or like whatever they want to call me. And so You're I, the period, that's the girl. Name from period I, girl. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like she's a crazy kooky period girl who wants to cure the world through food. And we all know that pills are the only way to do that. How and everyone adorable. needs to suck it up and <laughs> shut up is basically like what I was told. And I was like, oh no, bonk that. And you can't actually name yeah. a company. Fuck it. It's really hard and it's not very market friendly. So I was came up with Funkit. And so that's how it was born because that's really how I feel about the way women's health is talked about and period health is talked about. And, you know, the sexual shame stigmas and the period stigmas and the menopause stigma, like there's just so much that shouldn't be there. And we just wanted to address it in the most head on way possible. Yeah, right. So, you know, one question everybody's going to have right off the bat, because I get this every time, especially for young women who, you know, I go through this as well. I'm a young guy. I look young. I mean, I have like, you know, I'm happy to be walking around the neighborhood with my shirt and everything. Like nobody would ever guess that I'm a doctor. I think the same happens, especially for women. 
Because especially if you're young and even relatively attractive, people are like, you couldn't possibly know what you're doing. You're just a little girl out there trying to build a business. So have you studied this stuff? Like, like where did you start in trying to understand how to use diet and lifestyle to help mitigate not just hormones, but the perhaps downstream consequences of hormone imbalances? Yeah. And so, you know, it started out, so I'm a dietitian. So I had six years of school, like right off the bat to understand metabolism and biochemistry and how our body reacts to food and how our hormones are built inside the body. And, you know, I graduated like with flying colors. I'm such a nerd when it comes to science, nutrition, and research. And then after, you know, I got my undergraduate degree, I did my dietetic internship, which is 1200 hours unpaid on top of whatever else you're doing, which you can relate, you know, it's a lot of unpaid work. And so it's 1200 hours of real practice, like before you can even get your undergraduate degree. And so I did all of that. Then I got my master's in human clinical nutrition because I really wanted to work in a hospital. My dream was to be a pediatric dietitian and I was going to you know, just change the world in a hospital. It's like what I thought as a 20 year old. Good luck. (laughs) And so then I got this amazing fellowship at Children's of Alabama, which is one of the top, I was a pediatric pulmonary dietitian there. And it's one of the top programs in the country. And I was so proud of myself and so excited. And after doing it for about six months, I spent every single day. So I would park on the very top deck at the hospital. So from my clinic and the, where I worked, it was a 30 minute walk up to my car I would get in the car and I would just cry for like 30 minutes because it was so sad because nothing was changing. Like I just felt like I wasn't making this impact that I wanted to make because I wasn't even allowed to use what I had learned in school because it had to be so prescriptive. And, you know, the research hadn't caught up with kind of what we were seeing in real practice. And, you know, I loved my job there and I had the most amazing mentors, but it just wasn't for me. I'm not good at following the rules. I never have been good at following the rules. So hospital definitely wasn't the place for me, but I learned a lot there. And then after that, you know, I kind of got into more marketing and business roles and community roles. So all that to say, I have a ton of experience. I'm also a South by Southwest speaker. I spoke last year on the science of eating for your menstrual cycle. Wow. That's awesome. So I love to do public speaking. I love to teach and I love to educate. So that's kind of where this all came from was I just wanted to share what I had learned because I was shocked that I didn't already know this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Right. So gosh, where do we start there? You said so much. I mean, so the first thing is anybody out there, especially if you're like some like middle-aged dude who's just frustrated with their own business needs and you're just looking to squash somebody for doing some really good, very hard work in the world. This is a person who hasn't just done the training as a dietitian. You've gone through the master's program, you've worked in the clinical setting, and you realize just like I did that, okay, we have this toolkit. How can we apply this toolkit to the masses in order to do more good? Because as you and I probably agree, at least on some level, the medical industrial complex doesn't really do lifestyle all that well. So no matter how great your training, whether it's 20 years in the medical training and everything else, or your bachelor's and master's and everything, we're finding all of us, many of us, I should say, are finding a dead end within the hospital system, which is sad, right? Because you did all that training because you thought you'd be doing that as a, would it be called a clinical nutritionist? Is that the term? Clinical dietitian, dietitian, nutritionist. So it's interesting, like everyone, and this is the other confusing thing about being a dietitian, I think for people is like, they go by so many different terms and there's yeah, different spelling and there's different like levels and credentials. But yeah, it's like, I was really sad when I kind of felt like, wow, I feel like my, and I just, when I realized I wasn't built for it, like when I realized I was like, I think I could actually make more of a difference if I was working 
I initially opened up my own practice and was working one-on-one and I was like, this is my way. This is how, but then I realized you still can only reach so many right. people one-on-one. I only had so many hours in the day and I was working, you know, like I was trying to meet with like 14 patients a day and give them each an hour of my time. And so it's interesting when you kind of see like social media ended up being kind of my preferred advocate or avenue for education. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you wanted to start with kids originally. And then you found that young women, I'm guessing like adolescent all the way up through their 20s and 30s, actually, yes, I guess anywhere in their reproductive years. Are those the clients now that you're working with? Yeah. And so it's really interesting. When I was working with kids, I was actually working from ages zero to 22, Hmm. which was interesting because I was 22. And so (laughs) it was a really interesting avenue because I was dietitian for children with cystic fibrosis. And so that was like a whole different Avenue, but what I found was hormones and reproduction are really tied into that. And sure. then I found when I was working with the younger babies, there was so much that their moms were wanting to know. And there was so much that the moms like didn't get the education on. And so I never really realized that pediatrics was my first intro into hormones and into working with adolescents and to working with people in their reproductive years because I was doing a lot of that education on the side. And then it really, I mean, honestly, what it came from was my personal experience and then talking to all of my friends and realizing they were going through the same thing as me. And I was like, it's crazy that, you know, we're in our twenties and thirties and we don't know any of this. And so that's kind of how I branched out and ended up working in this. And I actually don't have a private practice anymore because I just don't have enough hours in the day right now, but I'm looking at bringing that back next year. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't see people one-on-one. You're focused right now on building a business around a supplement line or maybe even like, I don't know, courses or something like that. Tell me maybe what does Funkit do? Yeah. And so we make products and then we do free education. And so for us, when we look at our core values, education is the top one. And I really challenge you, like if you love supplements and things like that, like really look into the brands you're buying from, because I think that that is something I was really horrified. There's this thing called consumer labs where they do third party independent lab testing on supplements. And as a dietitian, you get like a discounted subscription. So you can like counsel your clients and patients. It started out, I was just running all these supplements I wanted to buy through consumer labs and they were all popping up with like all these red flags. And like, so that's kind of how Funkit got started, but we do all real food. So that was like our differentiator point is because real food, we know exactly what's in it. We know exactly how our bodies react to it. There's a lot of research that our bodies, like we still don't understand, you know, don't just find like a magnesium tree or like a calcium tree in nature. And so a lot of the things we're still trying to understand is like, how do we mimic real food? Like for those supplements, like, are they being absorbed as well? Is the body processing them as well? And like, there is evidence that yes, vitamin D, calcium, all these things, but you need to have them in certain combinations. Right, right. Anyways, that's a yeah. long answer to we do food-based supplementation. Did you say you do run labs as well? Are you able to order labs or do you have to get a doctor to order them and then you help them uh, sort of navigate? be able to, I don't anymore. So we usually, we have a practitioner program and that's kind of what was really important to me. So we refer out. So we'll be like, okay, here's a list of people that we work with. If you want to go work with them, then get your labs done. Cause we really encourage people like seed cycling is a food-based ritual, but we do encourage you to have before and after lab testing done because at the end of the day, you have to do what works for you and like the proofs in the pudding. So like you can see it in your labs and things like that. Yeah. Well, let's get into it then. I mean, let's seed cycling is definitely going to be a crux of our conversation today, but why don't we just talk about, you know, why is your lifestyle even relevant for the conversation around hormones? When I talk about hormones, if I was putting my OBGYN hat on, I would be talking about, 
oh, there's a deficiency in this hormone. Let's give you that hormone. But it's not really a hormone, which is what you and I learned. We met through the business of birth control. Is that right? Yes. I love that. So we've got the, like yes. these synthetic endocrine disruptors, as I call them. They're not hormones. They work like hormones. You know, they have the same bells and whistles, but they don't work in the body like a natural hormone in the same way that, like you said, perhaps a supplement of some sort is not going to be the same as getting it from a whole food. You know, like you can't replace you know, biodynamically, regeneratively raised beef liver. There's just no way. It doesn't matter how fancy your lab is, it's not going to work. So when people hear the medical community talk about hormones, they're often talking about these synthetic endocrine disruptors, which sometimes are beneficial, other times not so much. So what does a lifestyle even have to do with the work of the endocrine system? Such a good place to start. And it's like the most fundamental thing to learn because I thought the same thing as you. You know, I was working in the medical system, like, oh, if I need progesterone, I'll just take progesterone and like, or whatever it is, which is the synthetic version. The so progestins. Yeah. Yeah. If you kind of go down to the most basic level, hormones are made inside of our body. So another thing is like insulin's a hormone, which a lot of people don't think about, which has to do with blood sugar control, mm, you know, mm-hmm. cortisol, all these different things. So your body needs to be in optimal condition to be able to do all of its daily functions. And we don't think about how much our body's doing on a daily basis. And the way you treat your body and the way you live your lifestyle is a key indicator of that. So sleep, sleep is so important when it comes to hormones, because that's the time our bodies can really reset and regenerate and be ready for our next day. And then if you're not getting enough sleep, it starts a whole cascade that's going to push you out of balance. And so when we talk about hormone balance, it's such a trendy term. If you're on social media, hormone balance, what that means is your body is just doing what it's supposed to do in the order that's supposed to do it. And you have the right amount. So when you think about your menstrual cycle, I like people to think about it as a relay race. So there's a lot of different hormones, but just focusing on the two main hormones. So you've got estrogen and progesterone. Estrogen is going to be building and rising in that first half of your cycle. And then ideally you would want it to hand off the baton to progesterone and it will take over that second half of your cycle. And if the egg's not fertilized, it starts over. There are other hormones at play that we can definitely dive into in a second, but That's the thing that you want to think about that baton. But if you have a lot of stress in your life or not a lot of sleep, you can be more likely to have estrogen dominance, which then is taking over that second half. And I'm not a doctor. So this is very like, we can have you explain it in more detail, but from there, you know, then progesterone is not getting to do what it's supposed to do or ovulation is not happening. And then that means our body's out of balance. And so giving your body enough sleep is a key to keeping that balance, reducing your stress stress, like we want to take a magic pill for everything and me included. I would love to be able to take a magic pill and not be stressed and sleep perfectly and glow all day long. But for me, I realized stress was actually doing more harm than almost anything in my life. Oh yeah. So finding a way to manage your stress, whether it's yoga, walking, spending time with friends, being outside, you know, that's going to matter. And then nutrition and hydration are that third piece for me. So keeping our blood sugar stable and balanced, that's going to be important for our hormone balance. And then even further than that, making sure we're getting enough micro and macronutrients. We love to count macros, quote unquote, but that's not really what's healthy for us. It's learning to tune into our body. It's eating a balance of really healthy nutrient-rich foods that come from good, high quality sources. Mm. That's another thing that mm-hmm. we could probably spend three hours talking about is like the quality of the food we're eating. So for me, when I think about it, it's those three components are kind of the foundation of why lifestyle matters. Because if you don't have those things in balance, your body can't do what it needs to do to progress through those hormone cycles. And then you're out of balance. 
Yeah, one big thing I always talk about, and actually one of the sponsors of the show is Bioptimizers. They do make this. It's seven different types of magnesium. And so if a person comes to you and they've got poor nutritional status, poor movement patterns, poor sleep patterns, poor stress management, I mean, they've got the whole run of the gamut. I always think like, okay, maybe we don't want to use directed supplementation. But gosh, if you've got every one of those boxes unchecked, let's start somewhere. And you mentioned stress management. I think sleep is one of the probably most neglected where somebody's used to going on four to five hours and they're just crushing it. They're just crushing it until the wheels fall off and they don't realize why their cycles are out of whack or they're I used to be that person. Yeah, we all were. (laughs) I prided myself on not sleeping and hustling and girl bossing and like doing all the things and like, Right. You best believe I'm leaving a party at 9.30 because I am not <laughs> missing out on my sleep. That's so true. All of our friends either have kids that are grown or they've never had children. And they're like, things are going to get popping at like 9, 9.30. And we're like, 9, 9.30? Like we are maybe watching some Netflix at 9, 9.30, <laughs> you know? And so anyways, you know, I wanted to put a plug in there for like, if you're going to start anywhere, you got to start somewhere. And if it means you're going to do some supplementation for a period of time, like magnesium from Bioptimizers is my favorite because it has the seven types. You supplement with that a couple capsules before bed, and now you're getting more restful sleep. Okay. We've got your sleep under control. Now we go to the nutrition and we start shoring that up a little bit while keeping the sleep. And now maybe we don't need supplementation, you know, but I think everybody out there is looking for this like magic bullet. And you can't fix a problem that took 10 years to develop whenever four or five of these major lifestyle factors aren't being accounted for. So where do you start? Like when a person comes to you like that? Yeah, honestly, I start with sleep. And it's really funny. They go to a dietitian and everyone's like, you're going to give me a meal plan. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and this is going to be great. And I'm like, we don't do meal plans here. And we're going to (laughs) start talking about sleep. And they're like, what? And then I'm like, just trust me, just trust the process because there's so much research on sleep, which we can dive into. But the biggest research when you're talking about sleep and nutrition, if you are not getting enough sleep, you are more likely to be craving foods that are unhealthy for your body. And there are no good and bad foods. We're not going to label food, but there are foods that are better and more nutrient dense and more supportive. And so when you're not sleeping enough, you crave those like high sugar, you know, really refined carbs. You crave things that are going to spike your blood sugar and you're more likely to have issues with your blood sugar if you're not sleeping enough. So sleep is number one. And, you know, 68% of America is deficient in magnesium. So like I said, there are use cases for like everything. And I think sleep is the first place we start. Then after we got sleep down, I have an aura ring, which I'm not sponsored by aura ring by any means. I just love aura ring. And, you know, if that's in my, like whoever I'm working with budget, like I really do like them to get as much data as they can because they can kind of see and like alcohol is one that people don't realize it impacts sleep so much. Totally. And inflammation and all of that. So like, we'll even just start there. Like, you know, what does your bedtime routine look like? Are you consuming alcohol before bed? Do you have caffeine late in the day? So like there are still some nutritional elements to that sleep counseling, but I always start with sleep. Then once I feel like we have sleep under control, we move to stress because a lot of the stress can be coming from not getting enough good sleep. Like I know if I haven't had enough sleep, I'm going to be much quicker to become stressed out or not have good coping skills. So then we move into stress management and movement. And then after I feel like we've mastered that, then we start talking about nutrition. So nutrition is actually the last thing I end up working with people on because like you said, if you don't have those other two elements down, you know, you can't really focus on nutrition until you have the foundation built to support good nutrition and good digestion. 
Yeah, totally. Totally. When people go to any practitioner, you know, the big issue that I have with the medical industrial complex, the way that we were raised, we were taught in the Western medical system was find the problem, provide the remedy. And the faster you can do that, and the better you can remember what you read in the books, that means you're a better doctor. That's actually how we view this. I got in a lot of trouble because it was always like, well, they're not deficient in aspirin. They're not deficient in X, Y, or Z. They're not even deficient in insulin in the case of diabetes. In fact, they've got a ton of insulin in their body. They just don't have a way of getting the sugar into the cells despite all that insulin. That's called insulin resistance. So when we consider, okay, we've got this problem, we're going to give you this solution, whether it's a pharmaceutical, a surgery, an herbal preparation, a specific supplement, we're not actually providing you the resources to achieve vitality unless we're addressing all of these things all at once. And the other thing I wanted to add about the sleep thing, the alcohol, I thought was a great point. People don't realize that if you're drinking a couple glasses of wine every night, and I have a history of doing that, like we love having wine at night. I've since stopped because it was disrupting my sleep. And even my wife just yesterday, she had a glass of wine. She was like, you know, I think I'm gonna have a glass of wine. I just, it was a hard day with the girls. And so we had a glass of wine. We were watching this documentary and then she poured herself another glass because it was like, I'm just feeling so cozy. Like, it's just so nice to cozy up here. And it tastes good. Like, I mean, it's, it's okay to love, like, I also love yeah, wine, you yeah. know? So it's like not a, it's not a bad thing to have wine. But since she had been off of it for a while, she then had two glasses. And this morning, she and I were both looking at each other like, oh. And I actually also had used cannabis quite a bit historically in order to not just help with sleep, but actually to open myself up creatively as I'm going into my dream space. It was like a real great tool. But you become tolerant to that and your body becomes saturated with cannabinoids, your cannabinoid receptors do. And what ultimately ends up happening is you wake up in sort of a state of like your receptors are all empty and now you're feeling groggy because you're off of the cannabis in the morning and you're dragging yourself to get up out of bed. So we have to be very thoughtful about how we use these things because it matters. And as you get older, you can't do eight beers before bed anymore and wake up the next day and go to work. You have to be really thoughtful. So not to mention, of course, that alcohol and if you're overusing you know, edible cannabis products, it messes with your gut microbiome, which of course has all these downstream consequences in your endocrine system, et cetera. So the sleep thing, I totally agree with you. And I'm, I really appreciate that you take that as the first step because I think of all the things, that's the most neglected. Everybody wants that magic bullet where magic herb or whatever else. And if we're just going to prescribe that silver bullet, we're really not doing you any good. We're still doing the same thing that your doctor would do, only they're not synthetic pharmaceuticals. There are other things that are being advertised as the magic pill. So yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. And that's like the thing too, like, you know, we have like supplements and that we sell products, but that's why we do education first is because we're really transparent. We're like, look, this isn't going to fix all your problems. We have to start with like the basic lifestyle shifts. And the alcohol is a big thing for me too. Like I used to like definitely overindulge and I'd be like, I don't know why I'm so tired all the time. And like, then I got the aura ring and I started seeing, and I ended up actually taking six months off of all drinking last year. And unfortunately my sleep was amazing. And so now I am like really careful with it. And it's just knowing too, like, you know, like it doesn't mean you can't ever drink. It just means you have to know it's going to impact your sleep. It's going to impact your heart rate. It's going to impact all these things. So just being cautious and kind of knowing that up front. Yeah, totally. Totally. Why do you like the Aura ring over something like Whoop or Fitbit or I don't even know. There's so many brands out there now. Why do you like Aura? One, just from a pure vanity perspective, Is it, it pretty? looks super cool. Like, I don't know if you can see it, but. Oh, it's just a ring. It's a ring and it's really pretty. 
I was just going to say you guys were loaded and you had like a solid platinum ring or wedding no, band or something. It's this <laughs> ring. Isn't it cool? Wow. That is really neat. Okay, cool. I didn't know it was a ring. I don't know why. I heard Aura ring, but I still imagined it was like a something on your wrist or necklace. And I'll tell you why I ended up choosing this is because I had a watch and I would take it off in my sleep. And so then it wasn't tracking my sleep because I was taking it off and throwing it on the floor, like dropping it on the floor at night. And so that's why I got the aura ring. And now actually they just, this is hilarious. I talk about them all the time and like, I don't like have any affiliation with them, but they just started integrating with natural cycles which is very relevant to this conversation because natural cycles is a fertility awareness method app. And now like when, you know, when you start to stir in the morning, it takes your temperature as soon as it like recognizes you're waking up and it sends my temperature directly to natural cycles and it charts my whole fertility cycle. What? Yeah. It's so cool. And I just started doing it. I can, I don't know if you'll be able to see on here, but it's really cool. And it charts it like really effectively. And I have a really high temperature shift after I ovulate. My temperature goes up a whole like 1.2 degrees. Whoa, which is like twice or even three times what other women experience. Yeah, it's like three times the average. And so like, I actually physically get like way more warm. I'm like cold natured in the first half of my cycle, a little warm. So like, it's cool to see the spikes and then it charts it out. And then it lets me know like, okay, you're not fertile anymore. Like, so it's really cool. And that's why you know, when I first bought them, they didn't have period detection. And I ended up now they have period detection. It's like spot on. Like even if I've had a really stressful month and I, um, you know, my cycle's coming a little later, like it is always spot on. It's like your period will arrive in two to three days and it always does. And then now they integrated with natural cycles and I can actually see my whole fertility chart without even have to do anything. I don't even have to like physically take my temperature. I don't have to put something on right before bed. It's like, I wear my ring all day long. And then I, charge it, I think once a week, twice a week. And it charges in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And Natural Cycles is an app. Is that correct? Or a company? They're an app. Yeah. They're an app or a company and data privacy policies from what I can recognize are also really like ironclad. So you can not like selling it to control the world's women, you know, the female population or anything. (laughs) From what they've said, they're not. So, um, wow. That's pretty cool. I love it. I'm like, you know, I would love to tell you that I'm really good at taking my temperature every morning and I'm really good at self-charting and doing all these things, but I'm just not. And so I like that it does it for me and it's nice. And I think it was really smart of Aura to partner with Natural Cycles because I had been wanting to download Natural Cycles and I didn't because it's like 70 bucks a year. And as soon as they integrated, I downloaded it immediately and paid the money. I was like, here, take my money. Yeah. Aura and Natural Cycles, if you're out there listening Come and sponsor our podcast because we're going to bring you so much business. You won't even know what to do with it. So there's our yeah, plug. There's we, our plug. We're in this together. <laughs> but yeah, my husband and I both have aura rings. Like I bought one first and then he made fun of me and then he thought it was really cool. So he bought one for himself. It's like a dope piece of bling there. And it measures your temperature yeah. through your finger? Yeah. Here, wow. look. Cool. <laughs> Side note, we need to get aura to sponsor this whole episode. Can you see the inside of it? No, that? your wacky background is... I'll send you a picture. There's like a sensor that sits right here and it takes your pulse. It has O2 stats too. Does it do like heart rate variability or anything? Yeah. And you know what's crazy? My heart rate variability is usually a hundred. If I have two glasses of wine, it goes down to like 21. Dang. There you go. So I'm really sensitive to alcohol. Like not everyone's that as sensitive as I am. So if anybody out there listening doesn't know what we're talking about, Heart rate variability is actually the same technology. It's based on like, you know, the heart math technology, et cetera. Basically, as you go through your day, you have a pulse of, let's say, 60. It's not going to be 60 beat by beat. 
like every beat within the minute, you're going to get some fluctuations in the rate. So it's going to go from 60 to 65 to 62 to 58 to 54 to whatever. And that variability is a separate measurement. It has nothing to do with your pulse necessarily. It's if you were a robot or you had like a ventricular assist device, like a machine inside your heart pumping blood, then you could expect a 60 beats per minute. But with regular human, (laughs) you're going to expect this variability. And if that goes way too high or way too low, it suggests that there's some really sort of inappropriate stress on your system. So these are all great tools that can help you determine, hey, how am I doing with my sleep? How am I doing with my diet? If I have that extra glass of wine, like you said, is it going or down or up? eating right before bed. So interestingly enough, like I can eat all the way up until I go to bed and it doesn't affect me at all. My husband, if he eats like, I mean, he really can't eat within three hours of going to bed. It keeps him up. It keeps him up all night long and his sleep is terrible. Me, I can eat right up till I go to bed, pass out and everything's so good. But Yeah. Everyone's just different. And I think that that's the thing is like, it kind of goes back to what we're saying is like, everyone's super different. And so it's so hard to be like, do this, this, and this, and you'll be perfect. So, you know, it is like, what's your personal sleep routine? Where are you with that? What's your personal stress looking like? And then what are your actual personal diet needs? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you know, we've talked so much about sleep because it is so important and it does impact your gut health and that does impact your nutrient absorption. So these are intimately connected. You know, everybody tries to silo these topics off. So let's actually get into some of the nutritional considerations. Let me give you a scenario, perhaps. It's the classic scenario. A person was 15, got their first period. They made it 10 years of, you know, they're, once they're cycle regulated in their adolescence and they didn't go on a birth control pill, which is what we tell every woman they should do. They allowed their cycle to sort of naturally figure itself out. And now they've got a 28-day cycle, which very few people have, but that's what everything's based on. So they've had a regular 28-day cycle for 10 years. And then bam, late 20s, they don't want to have kids just yet. It becomes abnormal, irregular. Now, without looking at it from, I'm not asking you to like diagnose and prescribe. What I'm maybe wanting to hear from you is, okay, your cycle's out of whack now. You're age 25 to 30 where can a person start or how should they think about how diet might be impacting or could even be used to rectify these abnormal cycles? Yeah. You know, one of the first things, cause I get that a lot and I have to be like, I can't give you medical advice, but sure, here's a sure. few things to think about. Say you've had a regular cycle your whole life. And then now you're kind of getting thrown into this new, like it's coming every, well, first I like to say like, okay, let's talk about like, are you tracking your cycle? Cause sometimes I find people think they have an irregular cycle, but they're not tracking it and it actually is regular. So that's like just a side note. I always recommend making sure you're tracking and knowing kind of exactly when it's coming, but we're going to assume she tracks and she knows exactly when it was coming. And now it's out of whack. If it's coming more than every 45 days. So like, say it's like she had a 28 day cycle and now it's jumped up because plus or minus, I think they say plus or minus seven days. I think it's more like plus or minus three days can be still considered normal. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you, I think that officially ACOG or whoever out there says it's 21 to 35 days. They say that it's 21 to 35 days. And what I say to people is like, it's more important what your normal is. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. Your normal is 28 days on the dot. And you've had that for 10 years. Even if you're just sitting at, you know, 35 days now, like there's something going on. 
And so for someone who's around 29, something I would ask them to like, odds are they're probably working. And so again, I want to work backwards and see what's going on in their life Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize travel can impact your cycle. So changing time zones for sure. And there is peer reviewed research on that for anyone who wants to come out and be like, tons of research. (laughs) So like, you know, I have a friend and it's basically the same situation. And she had been flying back and forth from LA three times a month. And she was like, my period's all over the place. So like, what's your travel routine looking like? Has anything changed? Like, have you changed your diet? Have you gained, lost or gained weight? You know, like sometimes I'll get people and they're like, oh, well, you know, I just started like going on this crazy crash diet because I've got a wedding in two months that I'm going to. And I'm like, okay, that actually can impact your cycle. So I would go through their whole lifestyle and I would look for changes. And then from there, I would kind of look at what their daily eating patterns are looking like. You know, how often are you eating? What kinds of foods are you eating? So we're going to look at stress. We're going to look at sleep again, and then we're going to dive into nutrition. So say we identify a few stressful things that have happened. What we're going to do is we're going to try to find a remedy for that just through like counseling and talking it out. What is that? Motivational interviewing. We'll try to like figure that out. And then we would move into nutrition and we really would hone in on blood sugar balance. I find a lot of times, and this is definitely generalizing people's nutrition. People aren't eating enough carbs as women. And they're like on these super low carbohydrate diets and people don't actually know what carbs are. They think of a carb as like a donut or a piece of cake or, you know, kind of what (laughs) we've been told is like a carb, but then I'm like, you know, brown rice and quinoa and sweet potatoes and fruits and vegetables. And like all of these things are actually really healthy carbs. So I would look at making sure we're getting enough of those balanced nutrition because honestly, I think nine times out of 10, it's people who I come to me and they're only eating like boiled chicken, broccoli, and like a few other things. And I'm like, you know, you need fruit, you need vegetables, you need fiber, you need all of these things. So first we look at their lifestyle. Has anything changed? What's going on? Is there anything we can like talk through there. And then two, I would look and see they're eating enough. If they're on some kind of crazy diet, just kind of backing up from there. A lot of times when we're looking at people who are suddenly having these changes, something has changed in their life. It's almost never spontaneous. I mean, and that can happen. And I would definitely refer out for that, but I would still start with sleep and stress. And then I'd make sure they're eating enough and make sure they're eating enough of the right nutrient dense foods. A lot of people just don't, and I didn't realize it's either that our body uses what we eat to build its processes. And if we're not feeding it, we're not nourishing our body, it's not going to be able to move through these different phases. And then also, you know, like calcium is really important. Magnesium is really important. Zinc's really important. They're all important processes of the metabolic chain that helps to build hormones. So if we're deficient in those things, that's also going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'd ask them about their pooping schedule because a lot of times people are also struggling with GI issues and that's a big player back to the endocrine system and kind of figuring that out. Also, thyroid health is just, I mean, I think I could list off a million things. Oh yeah, it's thyroid like literally health everything. is another thing, especially if she's around 29, I would definitely want to refer her to someone to get her thyroid levels checked, especially thyroid antibodies, not just like a specific, like normal thyroid panel, because that could also be going on. And that has a huge impact on your menstrual cycle. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things I wanted to say there. Let's go back to like what the normal cycle is. Generally speaking, an OBGYN that asks you, like they're supposed to do a full GYN history and they might say, okay, how many days between your bleeds? You know, and that's day one of your cycle to day one of the next cycle. That's what a cycle is, everybody. So when I ask, 
how long are your cycles. I don't mean how many days you're bleeding. And f- but that also can indicate something's going on. If you're bleeding, let's say, I don't know, five days, let's say, that's a pretty typical, you know, you get some spotting and then you get some spotting at the end and then you've got like two or three days of full flow where you're using tampons and pads or a cup or whatever. Between those cycles, you've got a whole bunch of other stuff happening. And if you go to your OBGYN clinic and you say, oh, you know, they say, how long are your cycles? Oh, they're 28 days. Great. They're normal. And they move on to the next question. The problem is that if you've always had 32-day cycles for 10 years, like you said, it's not so much, I'm just clarifying a little bit of what you said. It's not so much how long are you bleeding for? The question is how long have you always been used to, not how long you're bleeding for, but how long are your cycles? How long were your cycles? And now we've had a jump from 32 to 28 days consistently. Something has changed upstream that is now impacting your cycle. So I just wanted to clarify that, that even though you have normal cycles, it has to be normal for you. It can't just fall in that range. It's such an important thing to clarify because we all want to get lumped into that. Like, And I even tell people like the goal is not a 28 day cycle. The goal is your normal consistent cycle. Yeah. So that's like, I'm so happy you clarified that because I do think that that's a big, and also like, I love that you pointed out bleed time because a lot of people will be bleeding for like eight, nine days and think that that's normal. And, or they're like, oh, my period is so awesome. I only bleed for one to two days now. And I'm like, that's also something we need to talk about. And we need to dig into because, you know, you should be bleeding for a minimum of three days and a maximum of seven days. So if it's outside of that, like, oh, there's so many things, yeah, where should we yeah. even start? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that was the first thing. The other thing, I think it was really great how you sort of started illuminating. It could be this and this and this and this and this. And that's the problem with putting people on birth control is that, yeah, perhaps it does shorten that flow. Yes, you're not bleeding through your pants and you need to get to your activities or whatever. Yes, I get all of that. I'm not saying that everybody's period is a blessing. You know, I do think that there's something to that. But right now you're coming to me with super heavy flow you've got anemia, you're short of breath, you can't go upstairs anymore because you're bleeding out every single month, maybe twice a month. And so yes, there are some reasons why we might want to put somebody on birth control to stop that bleeding. But the long-term consequences that result include us not having investigated. Why did you go from 32 days to maybe 27 days consistently? And you just named a whole bunch of them, you know, especially if you were on birth control, it bumps up the binding proteins from your liver when you're on the pill. And that will gobble up or bind to all of the active hormones in your blood, which gives the appearance in your blood that you're low in thyroid. So your body, your brain compensates by telling the thyroid, yo, push out more thyroid. And your thyroid's like, bro, I've, we've, we're making as much thyroid as you can. I don't know where it's going, but it's not doing its job. Uh, we'll keep pumping it out. And it just keeps getting bound up by these proteins until the thyroid starts to wear out. You also mentioned another issue with thyroid, which is the destruction of the thyroid tissue, something called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an antibody which identifies your thyroid tissue mistakenly as the bad guy, and your immune system destroys it. This is the basis of autoimmunity. And if you consider that your gut harbors 70, roughly 70 to 75% of your immune system and gut-associated lymphatic tissue... When we disrupt the gut microbiome, we damage the lining of the gut. That now dysregulates the immune system. And now we have an immune issue that has created an endocrine issue. And it all started in the gut. So again, this can be very intimidating for people. But that's why going to somebody like you, Kate, or me, or a Czech practitioner who's used to looking at the whole thing before we, you know, turning levers, especially not putting in more toxic stuff that's going to make this endocrine issue worse, like a birth control pill, is so critical. So 
you said so much there, so I'm just going to pause. Anything you wanted to add? Sorry, I get excited when no, I talk to people good. like you. <laughs> I get excited and then I just go on. I'm like, it could be this. It could be this. It could be that. And like, I think that's the thing that's so hard. And it, I love you were use were intimidating, but it can be intimidating and it can yeah. be expensive. Yeah. And sometimes it can be expensive to explore all of these things. And it can be like, well, I'm just not going to deal with it right now because you know what? I hear this one a lot. And I used to say this out loud. Well, I don't know if I even want kids. So like, it doesn't matter. And right. then I learned how important right. ovulation was for general health and how it's actually a really big indicator. You know, we all talk about menstruation and menstruation is awesome and super cool, but we can outwardly see it where ovulation is a little bit harder to pinpoint while we do have that cervical mucus and that temperature shift. It's still like harder to see. And so I think that we don't realize like ovulation, you know, sometimes with a lot of times with late cycles, it really means you ovulated late. So like why, what's causing that isn't even like deeper point that we need to get into. So I guess that's all I would add is it just could be so many things. And that's why working with an integrative practitioner who really is going to dig into the root cause is really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's take a very, very short break for one of our sponsors and then we'll come right back. How about that? Sounds good. All right. No episode goes without some mention of Organifi. Drew Canole and his team over there have put together an incredible array of products. I start my mornings with their green juice loaded with all sort of phytonutrients. And I mean, it's all organic. It's non-GMO. It's glyphosate free. It's the best of the best. The best thing you can be putting into your body, especially if you are struggling to get enough leafy greens, etc., into your diet. Fast forward to the afternoon, I take a scoop of their red juice. It's made from beets, a lot of other red plants and tubers. You've got organic coconut milk in there, some functional mushrooms. You've got plenty of goodness in the red juice to get that extra boost in your energy in the middle of the afternoon with all their B vitamins. And then at the end of the night, I'm turning now to their seasonal chocolate gold latte, which is turmeric rich, so tons of antioxidants. It's made with cacao, which has extra antioxidants. Again, more functional mushrooms, organic coconut milk. As with all of their products, glyphosate-free, non-GMO, organic, this is a truly remarkable brand. And I want you to go and try it. This is another great gift for anybody in your family who's looking for a little bit of support with their health. Buy it for everybody. It's a stocking stuffer. Get red juice for Aunt Tilly. Get green juice for Uncle Mark. And then maybe grab some of the gold latte for yourself. You know, you you owe it to yourself. So (laughs) if you want to try this out, go to Organifi.com slash Beloved. And you will save yourself 20%. I can't wait for you to try it. Every single person I've recommended Organifi to is like, yes, give me thousands, thousands more. I just can't get enough. And I feel the same way. So go to Organifi.com slash beloved. You'll save 20% on your purchase. Let's get back now to my conversation with Kate Morton. All right, Kate. So let's get into the nuts and bolts here. When I was in medical school, I had read a book called Paleo Solution by a friend of mine now, Rob Wolf, and I helped organize paleo conferences, and I got really into the paleo movement because I was also like an Ironman distance triathlete, and I knew I needed to clean up my diet having come from college, and like, you're eating whatever you want in college. I, I was always like conscious of it. I wasn't as bad as most college students, but you're like, in the library late at night, you just get a cookie, you know, and... So I was like shoring that up and trying to get as healthy as possible. I found the paleo diet, which I was like really impressed with. It was like, this is an easy shopping list. Eat these things, don't eat these things, and you're as healthy as can be. But what then I realized when I was paying attention and trying to apply this in medical school and residency and whatnot is that people take that shopping list and they're like, all of these foods are good for me. All of these foods are bad for me without really considering how to 
weave the different food groups together and, and the timing of eating, et cetera. So could you maybe give just a couple principles, starting with what are like the best bang for your buck foods that most people aren't eating that perhaps they should consider start eating? Yeah, that's why well, I'm looking to the side as I have, I'm laughing about, <laughs> I had a similar thing when it came to like eating for your menstrual cycle. I like jumped all in and I was like, and I have, I come from an eating disorder background and like, you know, I really struggle with that personally. And so I got so in on like only eating these foods at certain times of the month. And like, I realized how actually unhealthy that was. Was it more of an anorexic pattern that you had developed? Like you felt shame or guilt about I eating? Had so I struggled with both. I ended up going to therapy for both anorexia and bulimia, like simultaneously in my last year. It's crazy. I was in my dietetic internship in the last year of college and I was about to get married. And my husband and I have been together for forever since we were like 16. Me too. And my he- wife and I too. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. I love reading like other like Sweethearts. high school PRs. And <laughs> I had always struggled with it. Actually, like, the first time I ever had any restrictive behavior, I was 12. So, so young. Wow, and a lot really? of that I think actually comes from, I started my period early and I felt a lot of shame around that. None of my friends started till high school. So they started late. I started early. And I thought that I could like shrink my body into like not having these kind of bodily functions. And that's kind of where it started, but it peaked when I was finishing up school. Cause like there's a lot of stress in my life. My husband actually sat me down, my husband and my best friend. And he was like, I'm going to cancel or postpone the wedding until you get help until Whoa. you get help. And he was like, I don't care. I'll pay your parents back, whatever it is. Like you can't go the rest of your life. Like you're literally like killing yourself. Like this is so bad. And so that's actually what triggered me to get help. It wasn't even like me deciding. And then I got into getting help, like outpatient therapy. And I was just like, it totally changed my life and gave me a whole new perspective on food. And that's kind of what really like fueled my passion, even around like doing food-based supplements is I was trying to supplement my way out of not eating. And like, so the supplement industry, like, I don't know, I was born in 94. I feel like I had that like image in my head of like what someone should look like. And I use it as a coping mechanism. And so, yeah, long story short, I actually had to get therapy for both anorexia and bulimia. And it was interesting because they're very different when you're thinking through the processes of both of them. They're very different when like you're getting help, but oh, that I have to be very, very careful when it comes to like diets and like jumping on board with things. And even when I was first eating for my menstrual cycle, like I kind of recognized like some old patterns popping up. And so I spent all these hours creating these grocery lists and we never released them because I was just like, no, I'm not putting this out into the world because I feel like it's going to like enable someone else to do the same thing I was doing. Wow. That's like a little bit about me, but here's some general. By the way, I realized, Kate, I don't know. I went kind of cavalier on that and saying like, hey, tell us about this horrible thing you had to to cope with. Okay. So I apologize. I'm glad that you took that in stride. I should know better. Oh, you're good. I talk about it all the time because if anyone else could hear this and like, you know, like it's one of those things too, where like, unfortunately, like people would always be like, oh, you don't really look sick. Are you really (laughs) sure? Like you actually look really great. Like, and You know, so if anyone can hear this and be like, oh, you know what? Actually, I think I might be struggling with that. Like, definitely go get some therapy or just talk to someone about it. Like, And that's why I'm so open and talking about it because I like would always tell myself I was fine because everyone was telling me how good I looked. And so I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, I think I might have some disordered eating patterns. I think I might be restricting when I'm stressed. Oh, I might be binging when I'm stressed. You know, those are just things to talk through with someone because 
diet culture is woven so heavily through our society and it goes into every aspect of our lives. So if anyone needs to talk about that, I'm happy to talk about that with you because (laughs) I'm super open and sharing. But Yeah, well, thank you for that. Of course. Here's some basic principles when it comes to eating for your menstrual cycle. So let's just start from like a purely like talking about before we even get into micronutrients or food, kind of just like some general categories. So when you're on your period, your digestion can actually slow down a little bit. So like right before your period starts and like then when you're on your period. So actually having cooked foods can be really helpful because it kind of helps your digestion along. And, you know, there's a reason you crave those more like nutrient dense, iron, warm foods is because you're losing iron and that's important. And so on your period, that's going to warm foods. When you're in your follicular phase, your digestion starts to speed up and you can actually process complex carbohydrates like fruits, veggies, quinoa, rice, whole grains more effectively. So the follicular phase is going to be a great time. So that's after your period ends to when you ovulate. That's going to be a great time to incorporate those more complex carbohydrates. I always crave like really yummy big salads in this time. After ovulation, the body actually doesn't process protein as well, but that doesn't mean what you think it means. It doesn't mean eat less protein. It means you need to eat more high quality sources of protein. So protein is going to be really important after ovulation until your period starts. And look, I was vegan for like 10 years and now I cyclically eat meat with my cycle and everyone's different. But for me, having high quality animal protein in the second half of my cycle was such a game changer. My energy was so much better. And then I read all this research and I was getting ready for my South by Southwest talk. I finally like somehow unlocked this jackpot of research about protein in the luteal phase and like how it's so important. So, you know, really focusing and really the research shows it is like high quality animal protein that is effective in that luteal phase. And I know I get like cut down a little bit in the wellness industry sometimes when you want to talk about eating plants versus animals, but like, that's what the research says. So that's going to be really important. And then when we want to, so when you're on your period and end of your luteal phase, warm foods, follicular phase, your body's a lot more able to process those carbohydrates and you actually have better insulin sensitivity in that first half. After you ovulate, you have a little bit less insulin sensitivity and your body needs more high quality animal protein. So that's kind of like a basis to think about. Also, after you ovulate, if you're not on hormonal birth control and you're actually ovulating, your body is most likely on average burning an extra 100 to 300 calories a day, depending on how much your temperature shifts. So you actually need more energy in the second half of your cycle or that luteal phase. And so if you notice you're more hungry, it's not because you need to restrict or starve yourself or deny your body, it's because your body's actually burning more energy and you need to make sure. And that's kind of where that high quality animal protein can come in and help with blood sugar balance and help with insulin sensitivity. What does high quality protein mean? Can you maybe further clarify that a little bit? Yes. So when I talk about animal protein, it's so tough because the way our farming industry currently works, mass produced meat doesn't have as much nutrients in it, and it can actually have a lot of other harmful things in it. And I recognize it's a privilege to be able to say, you know, try to eat, you know, organic, grass-fed, regeneratively farmed meat. If you can get it actually from somewhere in your community, that can be even more beneficial. In Austin, there's a really affordable meat subscription, which is a weird thing to say, but it's from local farms who practice like organic regenerative farming. And it's actually the same price as the grocery store. So 
when I talk about high quality animal protein, that is kind of what the research shows is you need to be careful where you're getting the meat from to make sure you're getting the benefits from. I recognize not everyone can do that, but if you can, it's really important. Yeah. I use a company called Wild Pastures. Have you heard about them? No. Are they subscription services? I'm all about some yeah, subscription they are. services. They are. And it's like, they reached out to me. They're affiliated with Paleo Valley, which makes like meat sticks and organ meats and whatnot in capsules. And I found Wild Pastures and I was like, oh my God, this is great. I think they still have this deal. And I have it on my website, belovedholistics.com slash shop. If you want to check it out, Kate, it's a box of meat that you select kind of what you want and they charge you every month. But there's a limited deal right now where I think it's 20% off and free shipping for life with like for this as they're just building their customer base. So everybody should go and check that out because you're right. In the long run, this is actually far cheaper. And not to mention all the costs of getting, you know, your gut fixed and your, your, <laughs> all those doctor it, visits it and everything else. It was a game else. changer for me. Yeah. And I was so skeptical. I was like, I'm never eating meat again. And then, you know, and salmon's another really great one for the second half. And so, you know, if you're on, I always say I'm like a recovering vegan because it's like you have to like undo all sure. of this like mental mentality about it. But that is what the research says. Yeah. So yeah. Don't shoot the messenger there. And eggs can also be like, you know, eggs can be really good too because they've got vitamin D in them. They've got high quality protein. So choline, and, um, so many other things as well if you're preparing for pregnancy. Yes. And choline is, I gave a whole presentation on choline last year for like mothers who are getting ready to become pregnant because, or prenatal mothers because choline is so important for brain development. And I don't feel like we ever talk about choline. Like, and there's also choline and quinoa and like some other things, but yeah. So that's kind of how your yeah. cycle works. And that's what the research says about it. And so those are some overarching principles, but if we want to actually get in um, to actual micronutrients, something that's going to be really, the big ones are B vitamins. So all of the B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, calcium, iron, magnesium, and omega-3s. And so the interesting thing is a lot of those birth control actually depletes. I would say like 90% of the birth control can deplete when you're on the pill. So that's why this is really important. If you're on the pill and you're listening and the pill works for you, we won't debate that, but make sure you're getting a lot of those good nutrients in your diet. And so we're talking about B vitamins, vitamin B6 and vitamin E together. So here's the other thing. A lot of these vitamins, you need to take them with other vitamins and minerals. For example, plant-based iron can only be absorbed in combination with vitamin C. So if you're going to make a smoothie, we need to put spinach in it and we need to put some strawberries or berries in it. Or if you're having a salad, a bell pepper and spinach because they need each other. Yeah. So vitamin E and vitamin B6 together, those are huge for your menstrual cycle. They have been shown to decrease PMS. They've been shown to decrease painful periods. They've been shown to have more regular cycles. So those are going to be really important together. And then foods that are rich in vitamin B6, a lot of meat is rich in vitamin B6. Oh, soybeans, bananas, peanuts, kind of those are different ways you can get B6 if you're not eating meat. And then B12 is going to be also really important. And again, if you're eating a vegan diet, you need to definitely be looking into B12 because that's something that I didn't take seriously. And it can have like neurological symptoms if you're not careful. If you don't have enough B12, should we stop there? Do you have any questions there? I can go no, into everything. No, I mean, I, I think we are getting into the weeds a little bit. I mean, yeah. w when we consider that these are whole food sources, you're going to get far more nutrients packed into one bite than yes. you are in all those capsules that you're going broke on supplements when you could just be investing in 
quality meat sources. Yeah, I find veganism to be very, very hard to justify, especially in the conception, pregnancy, postpartum period. Like your body is craving meat and iron and all these other things, but it's not even just the nutrients. It's craving like there's something energetic about meat. Like you're growing a person, you need to be adding such a wide array of just, you know, amino acids, all the macros, of course, but amino acids, taurine, choline, selenium, copper, zinc, magnesium, like you could go and buy all those individually. You can even go and get like the best prenatal vitamin on the market. I use full well, like it's an amazing product, but that's the insurance policy. You still need to be supplementing. And for people who are vegan in pregnancy, I have to say it. I just say like, it's not really that great. It's suboptimal. It's going to be very, very hard to meet your needs. You have to be extremely careful with how you're coordinating your diet and you should. You have to be very diligent. Yeah, very, very diligent. Very, very yeah. diligent. And I would prefer you be spending that energy preparing for this incredible transition that's going to be happening in life. So one other thing I wanted to add is that, you know, everybody thinks like, I can't afford this and that. Okay. Don't go to wild pastures. Don't go and buy the best salmon in the world. But do go to your local regenerative farm. We have a biodynamic farm down the street from us, which is kind of a dreamy situation. Cool. Yeah, 20 minutes away in Crestwood, Kentucky, Fox Hollow Farms. Hey, Fox Hollow, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but I love you. And <laughs> they had like 130 calves this year. I mean, it's a pretty big ranch they have. And their cows cost $3,000, which is way too much money for most people. Split it with a friend, and you're going to get a pile of ground beef, a bunch of steaks and whatnot. And you won't find any bones, you won't find any organ meats or whatever. And you call them and ask them, where are the organ meats? The kidney, the heart, the liver, the brain, the whole head of the cow. I bought the cow. Where's the other stuff? And they're like, oh, nobody wants that stuff. Okay. So how much does it cost? $4 for a pound of biodynamic, regeneratively fed and finished cow liver for $4 a pound. A pound of liver will get you through a whole month. You have a little chunk, well, maybe not a whole month, but you get like for every couple of weeks, you're spending $4. So that's $8 a month on the most nutrient-rich food you can possibly ask for. And if you don't like the taste, you dry it out in a dehydrator, you chop it up, you pulverize it, and like I just get like a coffee grounder that's only for that purpose. And now you have a very nutrient-rich supplement to your diet that I guess if regardless of what your reasons, ethical or otherwise, for the veganism thing, adding this into your diet, especially if you're having some endocrine issues, like this might be the only thing that you need. It's not the whole picture like we've been talking about, but it's not but it's that important. expensive. Yeah, it and is it's important. it's not that expensive. And like how much we're spending on like, I don't know, there's just so many like different avenues you could go in. And like, I'm a budget person. So like I always come back to budget, but like it is so important and you feel so much better. And then also like when I was first coming off of being vegan, I did start eating meat more prescriptively almost. Like I would treat it like, okay, here's my serving of this and my serving of that. And it really helped me kind of heal that relationship. Yeah, so yeah, I say all that to say like, it is important and it's not everything. You still, you need to eat lots of fruits and veggies. You need to drink lots of water. You got to have lots of fiber in your diet. I mean, most people living in the U.S. do not get enough fiber. You should have at least 25 grams of fiber a day. They say it's probably closer. Research shows closer to 35 grams a day as a minimum to make sure because hormones also estrogen is excreted through the digestive system as well. And so if you're not having enough fiber, that's like a whole other issue. So you can't just eat meat. You need to have a balance, right. but you can get a lot from getting really high quality meat and the local farms in your area would be so happy to talk to you if you called them because we've got one by our office and I go by there like once a week and they're the nicest people and yeah, it's totally, really good and affordable totally. deals. Yeah, amazing. 
Okay. We could go on and on and on about nutrition. We've talked about sleep. We've talked about nutrition. We've talked about some movement patterns, stress management. Let's finish our conversation with seed cycling. This is something that your company is working very hard on. And I learned about this back in residency and I didn't honestly, didn't really pay much attention to it. And now I realize that there might be something really to this. So what is seed cycling? Let's start there. And then how can a person implement that perhaps through your company? Yeah. So seed cycling, we just talked about how, okay, your body is shifting. You've got different nutritional needs throughout the month, you know, and really that can be a little intimidating when you're thinking about, okay, I need to sync my whole diet with my (laughs) menstrual cycle. And I just started tracking and this is super overwhelming. Okay. That's where seed cycling comes in. So what seed cycling does is looks at your menstrual cycle and it divides it in half. Like there are four phases, but it divides it in two to focus on estrogen and progesterone. And what it does is it uses real food seeds. And so you think about a seed, it has all the nutrition it needs and all the nutrients to grow a whole new plant. So that's first off, super cool. Second off, it's packed with all the things you also need that we just talked about. So what it does is it breaks your cycle in half. So from the first day of your period until you ovulate, you have one tablespoon of ground organic flax seeds and one tablespoon of ground organic pumpkin seeds, rich in magnesium, zinc, It's rich in magnesium, zinc, omega-3s, and it's really, really key for that first half of your cycle. It's also got prebiotic fiber, and it's balanced in carbs, protein, and fat. So that's your first half covered. So after you ovulate, when your temperature is starting to rise, you switch over to one tablespoon of sesame seeds and one tablespoon of sunflower seeds. That is going to have vitamin B6, vitamin E. Again, we've got more magnesium, more zinc, and we've got selenium. And that's going to help with your thyroid health. And so like we talked about, vitamin E and vitamin B6, great for PMS busting. They're also really good for breast tenderness. So that's something people notice usually in the first month is like, wow, I don't have any tenderness this month. And so that's for the second half of your cycle. Both blends have phytoestrogens in them, which there's a lot of research on menstrual regularity and phytoestrogens. So that can help to either raise or lower estrogen naturally in the body and kind of just makes it easy. And so all you have to do is track your cycle, choose your seeds, and then add them to the food you're already eating. So think about it truly as a food-based booster. Right. So it's real food that's highly concentrated nutrition that you're adding to the food you're already eating. And you're doing it with your menstrual cycle. And what we did was I did that on my own. So when I was getting off birth control and I had all those horrible symptoms, a friend actually told me about seed cycling and I thought it was total BS. Like like, I was just so skeptical of everything. And look, I'll be transparent with you guys. There's only one peer reviewed research study. It is on PCOS and seed cycling. And there was great results. There is a lot of research on these seeds though, and how they can help women's health. You got to think about who's funding these research studies. I wish I could fund a research study. I don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to fund the study. If I did, I would do it. Mm, yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind. So I'm topic always really, altogether. Trans- <laughs> really transparent. It's like, look, I am very big on peer-reviewed research and there's not much you can go find on PubMed. But what I can tell you is the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that I've talked to who do this and it was truly life-changing for me. Like it does take three months to work. So that's something I like to really tell people is like when you're starting seed cycling, it's not instantaneous results. It takes time, just like it takes time to develop those habits. And also you have to be consistent. So even to this day, I'll like stop seed cycling for a month to like, see what happens. My hormonal acne comes back, but then like one cycle. And so it takes three months to work, but when you stop, 
that is kind of what happens. But you also think about your follicle cycle. So each egg takes, and you may be able to like elaborate on this a little more. It takes 90 to 120 days to fully develop. And so you have to look back at what you were doing. So it takes time for your body to make these changes. It also takes time to combat nutrient deficiencies. It doesn't happen overnight. And it also takes time for your gut to catch up. You know, this can be a lot of fiber for some people in the very beginning, but for me, it was life-changing. And I was trying to grind all these seeds and I was like traveling around in a van and like, it was so horrible. And so I figured out a way to work with the manufacturer and get the seeds ground and shipped into the customer within four to six weeks. So there's no rancidity happening because if you're familiar with PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, that's a big question we get a lot is like, what about the PUFAs? And so PUFAs are only dangerous once they're oxidized and they cause inflammation after oxidation. So when you're buying seeds at the store, you want to be, if you're going to do it at home on your own, you want to be really careful how long those seeds have been sitting on the shelf. You know, are they in clear packaging? They should always be in opaque packaging. Um, and you know, what farms did they come from? How are they grown that we can get into all of that, but that's kind of what we decided to do. And then seed oils are the other thing you'd be worried about with pupas, but fresh ground seeds are not oxidized. Amazing. Okay. So we're looking at the first part of your cycle. We're looking at, you said pumpkin and flax. Is that right? Yep. Pumpkin and flax. Okay. And they just get them raw. They're not like toasted or anything. You just get them raw and then grind them up and you're just taking like a spoonful or two a day? Yep. So if you're doing it at home, you take a tablespoon of ground flax and make sure you're grinding it at home and then a tablespoon of ground pumpkin seeds. We have like an activation process that we do, which is like a really, really low heat that doesn't kill any nutrients, oh, but it cool. helps to like kind of activate the seed before we grind it. And the other cool thing is all of our farms are from the US or Europe. So the transit time is really low because a lot of people don't think about like how long our food takes oh, yeah. to get to us. Totally. And after, you know, it's picked, the nutrient composition goes down. So yeah, first half of your cycle, flax and pumpkin seeds. If you're seed cycling with Funkit, it's just two tablespoons of your nurture bag. If you're doing it at home, it's one tablespoon of flax and one tablespoon of pumpkin. Amazing. Okay. So at Funkit, you guys create this in a nice tidy little sachet or like a bag and they're just going to like it's already kind of pre-ground. Yep. It's and kind of all you set for you. And we have a little cycle chart for you to follow. And it's a subscription that you can like change at any time to fit your cycle. We try to make it as easy as possible because when I'm like the most routine focused person and I had a hard time like for finding real? my seeds and grinding them and my coffee yeah. grinder, I like blew out like three coffee grinders and <laughs> all of that. Okay. So it's good that there's some help with this. I think if anybody out there was like, again, complaining about the price or whatever, just go and do it yourself. You can totally do it at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What if a person doesn't have regular cycles at all and they have no idea where they're at in their cycle? Like they've been tracking it, but it's like that, just all over, or maybe they're even transitioning through menopause. That's such a great question. So we actually have a blend that's specifically two, I have two parts to answer. One, we have a blend specifically for perimenopause. That's one bag. It's the four seeds, but it's got a higher concentration of sesame and flax Okay. because there's the most research on sesame and flax when it comes to perimenopause and menopause, helping with symptoms like vaginal dryness and kind of really like those really? night sweats and hot flashes. All, so of that it, blend, all of the transitional signs. Wow. It's so tough. And so that blend is more focused on perimenopause. It's called Revitalize. But if you have an irregular cycle, but you're not in perimenopause or menopause, so you have PCOS or something else, there's two ways to do it. The more scientific way is I really encourage people to track ovulation. Like, you know, really try to just figure out like 
you can buy all the LH strips on Amazon and just try to see if they're even ovulating. Because if they're even ovulating, we can kind of work around that schedule. And I still do a lot of the customer service in my email because I'm a little bit of a control freak. I'm like learning to let go. <laughs> but I just like want to make sure we have really high quality customer service. And so we can help figure out that. Another thing people have seen a lot of success with, and I don't have any scientific evidence to back this up. One of It's like the only thing I've told you today that I don't have scientific evidence for is seed cycling with the moon cycles. So from the new moon to the full moon, you would treat that as like your menstrual phase and follicular phase. You'd have pumpkin and flax. And then after the full moon to the next new moon, you'd have sesame and sunflower and treat that as your luteal phase. I have no idea Ah, how or why this works, but it does. If you read our reviews, people will be like, I'm moon cycle for two months and now I have a regular cycle. So I've got no evidence on that other than the people I've worked with. I've tried so hard to figure out like how that could work, but I think there's something magical with the moon that we haven't quite quantified yet. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we're ever going to quantify it. You know, every woman is physiologically, if you're still connected to nature and to the moon cycles, you should have 13 cycles per year. And that word should, I know, doesn't belong in our vocabulary, but... If we were still connected to the land and this cosmos as we always have been, without the distractions, without the EMF, without all of the junk in our diet and the poor sleep cycles and whatnot, if our rhythms, our circadian rhythm, start with that, all the other rhythms of the body were in alignment with the rhythms of nature and the moons, you'd have 13 cycles per year. Yes, there are only 12 months. You're right. Why are there only 12 months? I don't know. But even the word month looks like moon. (laughs) So... 13 moons is what they should call it. And those 13 cycles, if you're not cycling, your body is still connected to the moon. Yeah. On full moons and new moons, weird things happen. We all know that. That's like the story about werewolves. It's not like that was a total fabrication. Like their nervous system starts to just go kind of haywire around these two periods of the cycle, just like during the menstrual cycle. I'm not saying women are haywire. I'm saying that it's okay to be having some fluctuations because your hormones and your body is changing so dramatically. So I really love that you said that. I hadn't really thought about using the moon as like, so the, you said the full moon would be day one or is it the new moon that is day one? The new moon's day one and then think okay. of the full moon like ovulation. Okay, great. I love that. It's like a big giant ovum Egg. appearing yeah, in the it's sky. Like, <laughs> it's like a big, and so that's like what we love to tell people. And like, there's so much of what we do that's backed by science, but there's some things that we do that, you know, they're just intuitive and it's what our customers have kind of found and asked for. And I think I've learned to let go a little bit, you know, of like, it's really hard to prove everything and our bodies are magical and mystical. And there's some things we just can't explain. And the cool thing, what I love about seed cycling is it's real food. And so, you know, where some supplements, you know, if you don't use a brand you trust, you've got no idea what's actually in that capsule. You're not, you're not testing it at home. When you're eating real food, you know what's in it and you know what you're giving your body. And then on the most basic level, when you seed cycle every day, you're waking up and honoring your cycle. And I think there's also something really powerful in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I also interviewed, we haven't really talked about this, but Rachel Veratimo, she hosts these retreats for women to help guide them through a more intuitive eating process. Like what does my body feel like it needs right now? Because there's probably something to that. The same way, like if you're in super hyper stress mode, what does my body need right now? Sugar, sugar, sugar to drive that cortisol. Like we got to get as much blood into the bloodstream as possible because we are being chased at all times. Like your body's telling you to do that. So paying attention to why am I craving sugar? Oh, 
like I feel revved up. Like that's a part of this intuitive process. We all have the capability of being more intuitive and more intentional with how we live our lives. And you mentioned in a previous conversation that your husband is enjoying doing the seed cycling as well. He doesn't have a menstrual cycle as far as I know. He nope. <laughs> perhaps isn't as connected to the lunar cycles, expecting 13 changes per year. But if he was paying attention and he had this ritual, would it help him also fine-tune his relationship to his environment through this kind of ritualistic process in the morning? It just sounds like fun to do with your partner. It is fun. And he loves doing it with me. He'll always be like, are we nurturing or are we radiating? And then like, you know, if I'm like having a really hard day. And so he also tracks my cycle with me. And so I think that that's something really cool. I know we talked about when you came on my podcast was, you know, he tracks my cycle with me. And I think that that's really cool. And I think it can be an intuitive, like, you know, trust building exercise with your partner. So if they want to eat some seeds with you too, you know, pumpkin seeds are great for prostate health. So there's tons of ways it can benefit and, and everyone could use some more fiber. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Wow. Kate, is that one last question? What are the general considerations from a, let's say, symptom or quote disease standpoint? Like what types of women should really consider trying seed cycling? Uh, Maybe like three real good conditions. And what are some people who maybe should steer clear of seed cycling if that person is even a thing? Yeah. (laughs) Well, starting with people who should steer clear is anyone who's allergic to any of these seeds. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. That's very fair. You'd be amazed. Do not force yourself to seed cycle. If you have an allergy to any of these seeds, despite what TikTok may have told you, you cannot like undo this by just exposing yourself time and time again. <laughs> you're all like puffy and you're like, I gotta do it because Kate Martin told me it wasn't good. So and it's like, well, hang you're on. allergic to these seeds or intolerant to these seeds or you don't tolerate seeds well, you know, that's your first like, Okay. for some of it, if it's not tolerating, you know, what you can work with someone on that. But when I think of people who it's a really good fit for, so one, you know, for me, like I really struggle with those classic symptoms of like, hormonal acne, really bad mood swings and cramps. And so that kind of helped me. And when we've really surveyed our customers of what it's really helped them the most with, it's helped them the most with mood throughout the month, with having breast pain, with having cystic acne, and also just like less painful periods and Mm. more regular cycles. So that's like kind of what our customers have told us is working for them. And I mean, it really was like a game changer for me. Like I... I'm such a different person when it comes to what my period used to be like. I mean, I used to try to re like write my life every single month because I would just get to my luteal phase and feel like my life was falling apart. So if you're experiencing those generalized PMS symptoms, fertility is another one that people seem to really have great results with. And they tell us is, you know, they're trying to get pregnant. They're trying to focus on fertility. The Mediterranean diet is the most peer reviewed research diet. So a lot of people like to use seed cycling along with the Mediterranean diet for fertility. And we also have a lot of people with PCOS. Flaxseed is there's a bunch of research on flaxseed and PCOS and how it can really be beneficial. And Mm. so that's another population that seems to have success. Amazing. Wonderful. Okay. Well, Kate, you know, I'm sure you've piqued a couple people's interest. Where can people find you and how can they start seed cycling with Funkit? Yeah. So our website's funkitwellness.com. You'll find all the info for seed cycling on there. And you can let us know that you found it on this podcast. And then on Instagram, we're funk.it.wellness. And on TikTok, we're funkitwellness. Amazing. All right. And you send them the seeds and they just start 
just like that. You start going, we send you a little chart, we send you instructions, we send you a little scoop, even all the things. And then we've got a Pinterest board with tons of recipes. A lot of people are like, okay, well, how do I eat the seeds? You know, you can eat them on anything you're already eating. Some people eat them by themselves. I'm a texture person. I can't do yeah, that. Like, yeah. Kind no of dry way. and gritty. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. But some people do. All right. Well, we'll send people your way. You also have a podcast, Period Chats podcast, on which I was recently a guest. Yes, it's our most recent episode. So go, well, by the time this comes out, it might not be, but you'll be able to find it. It'll be close to the top. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, thank you, Kate, for spending so much time with us. We'll link everything in the show and I wish you well. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find Kate at funkitwellness.com. I do have an affiliate link. If you go to my online shop, belovedholistics.com slash shop, you'll find all of my affiliate codes there. Just support Kate. She's doing great work in the world. Seed cycling is such an easy way to modify your cycles and to get your hormones back in balance. Thank you, Kate, for spending some time with me today. Again, thank you to all of our sponsors. We've got Full Well, Best Fertility Vitamins on the Market. We've got BirthFit. Their B community is made for women by women. It's pregnancy and postpartum specific coaching. You're going to love it. Go to birthfit.com. You'll be able to use code BELOVED in order to get one month free access to their B community. Bioptimizers, some of the best sleep aids and overall supplements on the planet. Go to bioptimizers.com slash holistic OBGYN. Pick yourself up some sleep breakthroughs, some blood sugar breakthroughs, some magnesium breakthroughs, some masszymes. Deck the halls with bioptimizers this time of year. And then lastly, Organifi, non-GMO, glyphosate-free, all organic product line to optimize your nutrition morning, afternoon, nighttime, Organifi.com slash beloved if you want to save 20%. My name is Nathan Riley. If you want to work with me, nothing here is medical advice. This is really entertainment and information at its finest. But if you go to my website, you can work with me. I'm taking private clients still. I've got my collaborator program still open to midwives, doulas, birth workers of all sorts. Going to be launching some really, really, really big programs in the future here, in the very, very near future. I've got my PRP fertility program where I'm going to be bringing in seven additional practitioners in order to help optimize your fertility through the lens of allopathic medicine, but we're going to be hitting on the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of this process as well. The tons of goodies included in the price. If you are interested, you can always reach out through the website and I'll let you know when it's launched. I've also got a born free method course I'm launching in the next, let's say, eight weeks or so. I'm going to be taking 15 people in the first cohort, and it's me and Sarah Rosser, CPM of the farm. Yes, the Sarah Rosser. We're doing this together as a collaborative effort. And if you want to be one of those 15 and secure your spot, maybe fertility is on the horizon, maybe pregnancy is on the horizon, you want to have a different experience in childbirth, let me know. You can put a down payment of just $200, and I'll save you a spot in that first 15-person cohort. It's going to be not just a self-guided course, but it's also going to be an online mastermind, a weekly gathering where you're going to meet everybody in the course and you'll have face-to-face time with me and Sarah, which is money, money to you. All of that can be found at BelovedHolistics.com. If you want to support the show, keep sharing these episodes. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Believe it or not, it's the only thing that our algorithm cares about. And it takes you 15 seconds. It really, really means a lot. Otherwise, keep circulating it around to your friends, any episode that you love. Um, Next week on the 21st of December, that's the last episode before Christmas, we're going to be talking to Tessa Bowman, who I met when I was actually caring for her during a part of her pregnancy. We're going to be talking about toxic living. How can we eliminate all the toxic shit in our food, in our shampoos, in our detergents, in our cleaning agents, etc.? 
Tessa is a real expert in this field. So I will see you guys next week on the 21st of December. That'll be right back here on the Holistic Obituary Podcast. Take care, everybody. Da-da.